Asia Tech Podcast. Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. Okay, welcome to the first ever Pitch Deck Podcast. So I'm your host today. I'm Jody Collins. Uh, you may have uh, heard me as the host of another one of the podcasts on the Asia Tech Podcast Network, Founders in Asia. And we're really excited to today be launching the first ever of these Pitch Deck Podcasts. And as a part of this, we are actually interviewing our interviewer. So the person who normally is the one who you hear on the Asia Tech Podcast, uh, we're going to welcome Graham Brown, who is the founder of Asia Tech Podcast, and today is the person who we're going to be interviewing. Yeah, Thank I'm you. in the chair. Yeah, you are. About time. It's <laughs> karma. Yeah, we're looking forward to hearing all about it. So uh, the purpose of the Pitch Deck podcast is to actually hold a series of podcasts where we speak with startup founders and give them advice on how to go to market. So we're actually going to be hearing about their story, where they're at, what their vision is for their business. And we've actually then got a couple of uh, special guests, experts who are going to be giving them some advice as well on uh, how they can go to market, how they put together their pitch uh, how they uh, succinctly put together their vision, what's the uh, way to build their story to go to market. So today I want to welcome two of our guests. Uh, so first of all, Rena Neo, who's the managing partner for Platform E here in Singapore. Hello. Welcome, Rena. Hi, everyone. And Dennis Poe, who is the founder of a finance and company sec- secretarial uh, business here in Singapore, Aegis Partners. Hi, Hi everyone. Yeah. yeah. Hi. Great, great. Welcome. So uh, let's get into it then. So Graham, you are the one uh, in the yeah. hot seat today. So Feels strange. So look, what we want to just go through is just hear a bit about your story. Uh, mm. So uh, you've, we want to hear your backstory, the Invention of Asia Tech podcast. Tell us a little bit about the background and where you see this business going. Mm. So, I mean, really the, the story with Asia Tech podcast is about, you know, I'm really passionate about what's going on in Asia right now. And I find that there's like thousands and thousands of stories of founders who have great stories to tell, but just not an outlet or a platform to share those stories. So there's a lot of amazing people doing amazing things in Asia. And I want to share those. I want to create a platform for that. And there really is nothing. I mean, you can go to, you know, what is out there right now? There are demo days. There are, you know, like traditional media um, startup-y type media, but there really is nothing to tell the story of the founder. So, I mean, the backstory is, it's like, you know, I'm passionate about people and I'm passionate about culture and storytelling. I love all of that. Mm. And there's a place for that, I think, in the Asian century. So, you know, putting it all together is really about how do we you know, build something and give these people a voice? You know, yep. That's what I'm passionate about. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, great. So I'm here. And sounds good. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm aligned. I'm on yeah. board. <laughs> great. Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show. So, look, how long has Asia Tech Podcast been running for? And Mm. is this the core of the business idea that you want to talk to us about today? Yeah, so... I started Asia Tech Podcasts, um, well, a year and a half ago with uh, a co-founder who is not with us today, shall remain nameless, but like, you know, like with all situations, it's like you, you start a business with somebody and it doesn't work out and, you know, it works okay when there's no money involved, but when money gets involved, things change. So, yep. so anyway, that, that happened. We, we started it really as a hobby, you know, because it was something that we were both passionate about mm-hmm. and passionate about startups. There, there really was a space in, in Asia that people weren't telling this story and somebody had to do it. 
So we kind of stepped up and just got started. And, you know, it started off just as like us jamming on a weekly basis. Yeah. And just riffing about whatever we thought was interesting at the time. That's 18 months ago. And then what happened was people started contacting us and saying, hey, I like your podcast. Can I be on it? Yeah. So we started saying, okay, let's interview other people because it's interesting, but it shouldn't just be about us. So we started interviewing other people, and I think Rena was one of our first guests, I think, right, uh, going right. way yeah, back, right? Number five. Yeah. Episode number right. five. Yeah, one of the inaugural few guests at the early stage. So, yeah. you know, there were, again, and, and I think what's interesting, like Rena's not a, a natural self promoter. But I uh, like shy. Yeah, you are, but you know, I think that there's you know, there's a lot of people in our scene who are natural self promoters yeah. and they get a lot of coverage. But then there's this big group of people who are just busy getting on and doing stuff. Yeah. And they're not out there talking about it. And so the podcast started attracting those people mm-hmm. and we started approaching them and with a little bit of arm twisting, they made great guests. So we got up to that stage and the key to that that sort of first six months was, you know, I saw that the challenge of building a podcast in any media company is the process. You know, people think that they can start a podcast or start any kind of media project and they give up Mm -hmm. after four or five because, you know, they're spinning plates doing different things. So I thought, you know, my background is artificial intelligence. So, you know, I thought I could automate a whole bunch of this stuff, right? you know, build right. these processes, build this automation, because I thought, well, if it works for us, who else could it work for? So the challenge was is automate that as much as possible. So we started build. well, I started building the automation yeah. and all the back office staff that made it really easy to build a podcast. And so, you know, in time we'd done like 50 podcasts and then 100 podcasts. And then I remember there were days when we were like interviewing eight people, nine people wow. in one day. We had it all like back to back, boom, 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 boom. But it was amazing because, you know, we got to speak to all these people, you know, and every single person we spoke to, we learned about their business and they learned yeah. about our business and there was a connection there. So we thought, well, that really solves our business problem of building a media company. Why just keep it to ourselves? Mm. Now let's go and see who else could use this. Yeah. So then we said, well, I said that, you know, let's talk to other potential hosts. And obviously, Jody, that's where you came on board. Yeah. Dennis, that's where you came on, on board. Yep. So that was the next step to say, okay, now Asia Tech Podcast is not a podcast. It's a platform. Yeah. It's a media, a proper yeah. media company. And then so I want to explore, <clears throat> excuse me, that a little bit. Uh, that transition from actually it started out as a passion project yeah. uh, because you saw a gap in the market and thought actually we think there's a lot of opportunities some really interesting content there let's explore how we can you know take that out there because we think that there's there's interest mm. so then then it's morphed into oh actually there's potential to turn this into a business you know so what's the what's the transition there where you sort of realized oh okay actually there there is really something in mm. here and as you've gone through that transition, have you then built out a business plan, for instance? Have you really started formalising things so that you can work out where you're taking this to? Uh, yes, to answer your question. Not, no, we don't have all the answers yeah. yet. So that's obviously work in progress. But I think what it was, Jody, is that we, you know, looking at Age Tech Podcast started off as a, pro- as a passion project, a hobby. And then what happened was really realising what the problem was that, was mm. out there. And the problem mm. was that there's all these amazing startups and then the, all these amazing investors. 
and then they weren't connecting. Right. And I'm sure, and you know, I'm curious to get Rena's perspective on this as well, but any investor, you know, when they go in an early stage, they're investing in pretty much mostly that person more yeah. than anything, right? And you know, that's 80% of it, right? And how do you then, you know, so here's the problem is that the, these angel investors and even VCs, they don't have the resources to find out who these startups are and, mm. you know, who the good mm. ones are. And it's all sort of in a closed network around them. Yeah. But there's all these amazing startups out there who are not getting access to investors. It's a very closed market or it's a very big market that requires a lot of resources. So I realized that the problem was that. That was a major problem. Bring these people together, build a platform to connect, start the best startups in Asia with the best investors. Yeah, yeah. And that was something which was drawing me in that couldn't be ignored because there was nothing. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, there's some really good angel investor networks in Asia, Mm. but they do their thing. And I think that, you know, they cover only a part of the market. You know, if you look at some of the people that have been on, as an example, Mm. you take, so you asked me about the business. Where is the business? Take it, take, for example, all those Muru D graduates. Yep. You know, now some of them were amazing. And, you know, I've had, couple of people in here as well, and we've done the interviews with them. Now that they've graduated Murudi, the accelerator, what happens next? Mm. Where, you know, they just throw them out into the wild and they're done. What, yeah. So what happens, you know, what's helping those companies and connecting them with investors and helping them continue that journey? Mm. So that's where the business was because it was pulling me in and saying, look, there's, there's an opportunity here. There's value to be made here. There's, there's a connection that could be made here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, then let's uh, let's get your perspective on this, Rena. Uh, well, I, I'm I'm glad uh, you know Graham decided to move to Singapore with the the pulses for Asia, and um, you know, like I said, we we got to know each other through LinkedIn, and then we went on um, for for the podcast, and it was to me it wasn't an interview, it was a conversation, and I think conversation is important. Mm. Most of the event um, that I go to, um, five minutes pitch, you know, all the big rah-rah is mm. just, you know, at some point of time becomes noise. And it's so difficult to get people to talk, to have a proper conversation. Mm. And um, I think um, coming back to his point, to, to get startups um, talking about their story, their yep. passion, uh, I think it's very, very different, uh, you know, through a podcast interview like this yeah. versus, you know, um, getting already, you know, rehearsing a thousand times and then presenting yeah. it to uh, the, the investors in front of you. Yeah. And um, so what I like about Graham, although that, you know, one and a half years ago when, when I asked him, is it, you know, something serious? He was like, no, it's, it's just a hobby. I yeah. think, you know... I just feel there's a gap and I just want to do it. I think mm. that's the right um, attitude. Yep. Because if you see the gap and you're just sitting on it, somebody will build that. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then you'll be like, oh, you know, I thought about it. Yeah. But I'm not doing anything about it. What I'd love to get your perspective on is, and actually, if you can just tell us a little bit about what you do here so that yes. listeners can understand a little bit about Platform E. Yes. Because I want to explore this idea of, I've got this passion project that I've started working on and it's now turned into something that looks like can be turned into a business versus 
I've got a business idea first of all. You know, I, I want to talk about how well formed an idea okay. needs to be first. So um, I think the buzzword here is platform. Um, mm. You know, we platform E is is um, a initiative by Singapore Institute of Management, and SIM in short has you know more than fifty years of history. It started with um, you know uh, a hundred thousand uh, dollars grant from EDB. Um, asking the founder, Dr. Yu, to um, start training individuals in skill sets like managerial skill sets. Uh, those days, but Singapore is going through industrialization. We need it. so fast forward um, fifty-five years later. SIM is basically now, you know, divided into um, a few divisions. So we have global uh, education. We probably graduate more than 10,000 students um, mm-hmm. every year. So we partner with um, different universities. Uh, we were the ones who actually built UNISIM. Uh, and about a year ago, UNISIM was made autonomous university. So it's now SUSS. And that's the time where um, the council members said, so what's next? Um, so um, the, the idea of starting a platform to encourage more um, people to think about being an entrepreneur as an alternative career of, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. studying hard, become a, a professional. So yep. that's how it started. Um, the reason why is a platform because we've, we believe that, you know, for, for us to do our work, we need many stakeholders, right? So entrepreneurship is not just about an idea, um, it's about the whole journey and whether the person is really ready for the journey. Like Graham said, mm. Mm. especially in early stage, investors are really betting on that person because there's yep. nothing. It's just you know beautiful PowerPoint, uh, you know that you can probably uh, you know sort of pluck all the numbers you want, but uh, to bet on that person and to see whether the person actually can deliver the numbers, I think that's some science and some gut feels as well. Yeah, right. So Platform E, when we started, um, we uh, have actually, um, uh, we're fortunate to have uh, Professor Virginia Mm -hmm. uh, to be our professor in residence. So uh, she's the one who curated um, all the basic courses. So the motto is really... um, you start with an idea and hopefully you graduate with a business. But for us, if someone comes in and, you know, he or she, after going through the course, um, you know, come up with a um, entrepreneurial mindset and skill set, I think, you know, that's what we want to achieve. Yep. And um, so if they start a business, for example, uh, it's a platform. So we have actually, uh, you know, um, really go out and curate angel investors as well. So we mm-hmm. have a group of angel investors that supports us because mm-hmm. I think it's important. And then um, making Platform E a place for them to meet and to have conversation. Right. Right. Yeah. So when Graham, you know, um, shared with us his passion and doing this podcast, I think we we definitely see eye to eye in making this happen. Yeah. 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 So that's how we connected again and, you know, that's why he's here. So can I ask what uh, what sort of advice would you give to Graham at this stage in his journey? So uh, the podcast has been around for a little while. It's clearly getting traction. Uh, there aren't any sort of 
settled business plans in place by the sound of it? It's more ideation? Yeah, yeah, there is a plan, right. oh, but it's sorry. mostly up here. Right, yes. yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there's a short pitch deck PowerPoint, which right. I've shared. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the, one of the challenges, isn't it, when you're an entrepreneur as well, is, is that the, the plan is here, yeah. up here. You know, and it, it, you have to then articulate that to other people. So, yeah, um, anyway, I, advice, I, yes, please. And, yes. then, and I guess actually when I say, is it plan in place? Yeah. I, what, I, what I have in mind is something down on paper yeah. which you can go to potential investors I, with. I remember one evening or one afternoon, we were, we were, I was in, in your room and we were talking about, you know, is there a business plan and all this? Mm. And I remember you were scribbling something. Mm. Um, to me, I think at early stage, mm. uh, the plan is as good as today, right? Tomorrow, when you hear something, when you discuss something, it could be something different. So it has to be alive, yep. right? As the more you talk to people, the more, you know, insights you get because mm. everything is up here is what you think is the best. Yeah. But if you're creating a business, you're creating a product, you have to listen to what the customer wants. In yep. this case, you know, audience. Yep. Uh, your audience will be uh, VCs, investors, entrepreneurs, yep. right? Uh, because stories, uh, you know, you, if you can connect to stories, you can relate to the stories, then you can think about your own stories. Yep. I think that's that's interesting. Yeah. Um, shared, I mean... You know, thank you for trusting my some of my insights. But he shared uh, uh, the initial pitch deck, and right. um, yep. okay. I did give him some feedback because, of course, uh, the first thing you look at is if I want to create a media company. So, who are the other media mm. company that's similar to yep. what you want to create? Is it a new space that you want to occupy, or is it something that you feel is there yep. but you you think you can do it better, mm. right? Um, so, for investors, uh, I think first, um, when I look at it, is um, typically for founders, it's like, oh, I've got so many things. And, and you know, because I'm afraid I missed out something and, yep. and, and if investor may not, you know, know that these are the, you know, A to Z that I want mm. to present. Mm. So, you tend to clutter it. And then, uh, you know, um, more decks does not mean it's better because, yeah. you know, we actually, for most VCs, because they screen like hundreds yeah. every day. Yeah. So your attention span is really, and because of the training, yeah. you just zoom into certain things. So um, one of the early advice that I gave is, so he presented and then, and I think it's, it's a very good research on what are the other media companies yep. that are similar. So, you know, every competitive overview. Yes. Yep. Mm. So every uh, page, every every slide yep. is a media company. So there are like maybe five or six media companies mm. that uh, you know have been successful in Asia, have raised money, blah blah blah. Yep. But for me, that you know, I I've no idea. Assuming I've not invested in a media company. Yep. Right. I'm just new. I don't know Graham. I don't know the story. I look at it. Five different slides. Yep. And then, you know, I don't have good memories. So I can't remember the number. Yep. What I want to know is I want to see one page. If you are comparing, right. just give me that summary page. Yeah. I mean, um, it's, it's something very, very simple. But most people, you know, um, just 
Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so that was so the first advice I gave to Graham. And then he was a very good student. He right. came back. To, oh, I did actually do it. <laughs> yes. did, did my homework. Yeah. 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 And, and okay. it was really clear. One page, mm. right? So yeah. this is what the others are doing. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah, right. Differently. So for me, okay, that's very, very simple, very clear. Yeah. Okay, then we move to the next one. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And so it's important to give context, but what more important to paint the vision of the future mm. and what it is you're trying mm. to achieve. Mm. Is that yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe actually, uh, you know, just in terms of numbers, you know, because they sort of say you try and keep your pitch deck to what, 15? I slides? think 12, 15 12, is good. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah. And so within that, then how much is uh, context versus about you? Well, it really depends mm. uh, if you're pitching to an angel investor right. yep. uh, or to a VC. Uh, for me, I think uh, my personal style is I try to keep you know, uh, if if I'm not too sure about it, so less words. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, of course, yep. facts is there. Yeah. But you know, less words means that you can react to the situation. You can react to the question that you know people throw at you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I think you know um, that that was something that yeah. we we will be looking at. Yeah. But of course, numbers is there. It has to be there. Yeah. Um, so I, I would recommend that you know. Uh, of course, the vision uh, of the founder uh, needs to be very clear, and that's one of the most difficult things yeah. to formulate. Right. Right. So, if you ask Graham right now, mm. what's his vision? What Graham? What Hello. is your, okay. what is your vision? That. So, one of my answers to that, and I'll share that with you because it's not completely um, finalized. Is I tell people that I want to build the MTV of the startup world, and of a certain age, they'll nod their head. Yeah. <laughs> but anyone exactly. who's sort of under Giving a certain age, they kind of look at me like, hmm. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. yeah. So for <laughs> what I think, for those who do get it, and I suppose, you know, I kind of understand who the audience is, is that, you know, they'll understand who MTV is, right? Yeah. I mean, okay, there's a generation that maybe, they understand who MTV are, but they don't get why MTV. Mm. But for me, MTV was... It, it radically changed the media landscape. Mm. It came in, it took a very accessible and cheap form of content, you know, and it democratised the whole storytelling process for a generation of musicians. It gave a voice to, you know, there was no R&B or black music mm. on, mm. you know, on TV at that stage, but, it, you know, Michael Jackson would never have existed without MTV's support, right, at that kind of levels. They gave these people a voice, and I think it's similar to... The startup world is there's all these artists, if you like, who are these startup founders and investors as well, who just don't have a voice and a platform, but yeah. you're democratizing it in a way yeah. that MTV did. And it's all a bit sort of rock and roll yeah. anyway. So I think it, that's kind of what I'm trying to do. And it's a platform. Yeah. You know, MTV made most of its money, not necessarily out of the content, but everything that went around it. Yeah, right. And so they often say that uh, the most powerful visions have a real purpose behind it as mm. well. So I think, you know, it sounds like you've, there's, there's something that's quite meaningful there you know, yeah. from a business perspective, but also from a changing the world kind of perspective. Yeah, I'm not, yeah changing the world, maybe a too grand. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, the power of story is that everybody grows up. And, you know, if you're, for example, if you're a girl growing up, you know, and you get told certain stories about what you should be, 
as a girl. Yeah. And, you know, like you, you go to school and you go to college and you learn about inclusion and equality and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, they we're, still, we're telling young girls stories about Cinderella or, you know, that the way that you get ahead in the world is by, you know, finding a nice boyfriend, yeah. which is effectively every single Disney movie that was yeah. ever produced for a certain era, then there's something wrong because, you know, look at all these amazing startup founders out there. And there's a lot of women now coming mm. through the ranks. And I look at that and think, well, they're just not getting the stories out there. Because if, if, if I can help tell the story of Rena or the story of Jodie, as an example, that will inspire young girls and boys as well, but young girls out there. And they'll go, oh, actually, I don't have to be Cinderella. Yeah. I, you know, there's an option out there. And, yeah. you know, changing the world, I think, okay, I don't want to change the world, but at least I can give the people who deserve a voice a platform. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where we're going with this. I think I, I like the fact that, uh, you know, Graham is leaning towards giving uh, a platform to those, you know, who has something to share, uh, but not necessary uh, to be on a mainstream media, like, mm. you know, appear on CNN and, you know, all those th stuff. But um, I think I there was once I shared with him, um, I, I'm very supportive of a, um, a platform called Kiva, kiva.org. Mm -hmm. Basically, uh, is a micro-lending platform. Uh, basically, same thing. Um, they work with uh, local NGOs and a because the, those um, so-called micro-entrepreneurs that they are helping, like probably a farmer who needs to raise $500 to buy two cows, and the two cows probably produce meal and he could sell in the market. Mm. So to me, that's entrepreneurial as well. Mm. But because those people are probably illiterate and they probably live in Africa, India, and all this, so they don't have a voice. Yep. They have to work through the NGO. And what the NGO did was they highlight the stories on key Mm. And investors or lenders like us uh, basically read the story, see the photograph, although we don't hear the voice, uh, but we resonate with this, mm. right? And it's, it's, I think, one of the best fun uh, NG, uh, social enterprise. Yep. Uh, what amazes me is that, you know, one story about someone wanting, you know, to raise $500 uh, by two cows, they're like, you know, 50, 100 people around the world lending $25. And you know that the, the interest rate is so minuscule that you probably have bad debts as well. But all these yeah. people not knowing each other, we form groups and we, we actually help this person realize a dream. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I thought, okay, that, that's one, one category. But um, podcasts, you look at the setup, mm. right? If, if, you know, Perhaps, you know, Graham will travel to Africa, but if someone picks this up and say, hey, I can do it for my community as well, I can mm. give them a voice. Yep. Why not? I may not be literate, I may not be able to write and present a PowerPoint diet, but I can tell my story yep. in yep. their own different language. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about the process mm. a little bit. So you've got, the, you've got the vision in place. You've already written the pitch deck. Are you already actively in market talking to potential investors? Yeah, just started. Yep. Yeah, actively raising. Right, okay. Uh, maybe, and this is where, I'd, Dennis, I'd love to get your perspective on this as well. You know, if you can just talk a little bit about the process, mm -hmm. uh, you know, how are you planning that out? Mm -hmm. And then also, Dennis, if you can give us some guidance then on, on that process and, you know, what's the right way to go about this too? Yeah. Sure. 
Yep. Okay, so where should we start? Maybe if we can start with you, Graham, on where you're at. Okay, so um, we're actively raising at the moment, and we, uh, you know, the target is half a million, so five hundred thousand for ten uh, percent at a five million um, pre-valuation. Yep, um, that's where we're starting. So, you know, what we need is eighteen months of liquidity to, um, you know, really build up. The, the base of the company and to establish all the the, the potential revenue streams. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, my background is I've built businesses before and I'm a cash flow type business builder. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I find it, I mean, I'm being honest, I find it struggle sometimes to spend money. So I'm not that I'm stingy, but I like to get the maximum out of my uh my investments right. as a real estate investor myself. Yep. That's how I think. I'm sure, that right? sounds great to potential investors. Right, well. <laughs> I'm being honest, but that's how I am, right? But yep. the point being is that, you know, that I, we need the money for liquidity and, you know, this is a very lean business in the mm. sense that we don't have to buy in lots of stock. We don't have to, you know, inventory, I mean. We don't yep. have to um, hire six-figure salary developers to make this work, to build an AI algorithm, right? Yep. You know, our cash is to fund growth mm. and to, to, to get to a products or a group of products which can, you know, um, sell effectively, yep. you know, yep. so we can get ourselves into the market, start creating revenues. And yep. once we start creating revenues, we can actually improve. So we're in that process now. So we're not sort of funding something which... Uh, you know, is going to cost a lot of money to get a lot of development work and, yep. you know, it will take a lot of time to develop, you know, so we're kind of different. It's not an app in that yeah, sense. Sure. This is money really to help us scale. And how have you determined that valuation and what you're looking for? So, um, I, so shout out to my advisor, Kyle Ellicott, who's helped yeah. me. I mean, he's, you know, sat down and, you know, walked me through the figures, and this is a recent process. And mm-hmm. he's he's raised funds for his own business. He um, is the CEO of Read Write. Mm-hmm. You know, they are. I mean, they have I think a hundred million dollar IoT accelerator, hardware accelerator in China, in Asia, mm-hmm. or they've raised a hundred million over across their whole portfolio. So he's gone through that process a number of times. Mm. Um, he's based in Silicon Valley, so you know he does this every day. And the deal was, is look, you help me work these numbers out. And really, this is the starting point. You help me work these numbers out based on what you know, what you think, what you think from my story and what the market will say as well. And then in return, I'm hosting his podcast on Asia Tech Podcast. So, you know, I mean, but there's a buy-in at every level. It's not like he's doing something for a mate or for a favor, but he's, he believes in Asia Tech Podcast as well. So, you know, for me, it's like if, if yeah. you know, I needed advice about valuing a company or structuring a company or in that sense from the investment side, I would go to Silicon Valley because that's where they know the most. They've got the most experience there. If I want to find, you know, that kind of knowledge about, you know, fundraising right, from the right. startup side, I would go there and he happens to be there. So for me, that made complete sense. Yeah, right, right. Okay. Well, Dennis, I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Yeah, so um, actually I've been working with Graham on his company. Mm-hmm. We, we, of course, we do need to have a company first um, mm-hmm. to actually to even 
begin on the process of say fundraising, right? Yep. So uh, on that part, um, I I think in that sense, I also work with Graham, like how uh, Kyle has uh, worked with you, I mm-hmm. guess. So the thing is, um, well, uh, there's a few basic things that you um, if. If, uh, for for most startups, they actually have to uh, take note of, of course, to understand the legal entities um, first. Mm. So, um, like, say, of course, uh, having a company in Singapore, right? Um, uh, I mean, first we talk about like different entities, right? We 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 have people that uh, uh, that mention like say sole proprietor, partnership, limited partnership, uh, things like that, and and lastly is company. Although uh, most people would always hear, oh, I should set up a Singapore company mm. to mm. actually start to to uh, do a startup and things like that. That's yep. the reason for that, and uh, that is actually the legal characteristic that um, that allows the like the investors to come in as a shareholder of the company, and um, then from there you can then um, do your fundraisings and then also on the cap, you know, the equities portion. Yeah. Yeah. So. That is uh first thing to take note of. Then the the other things is actually on the part about planning for the uh capital structure of the company. Mm. So um I I worked through with uh, Graham basically mm. on the initial kicking start the company first, right? And also having a good uh enough number of shares uh allotted to himself, um to actually uh, allow that you know in the future when the shareholders come in, you're not gonna just be talking about like. Uh, you know, because uh, there's always the, the thing about talking about shareholding percentage, right? Mm. But then mm. you're not just like looking at it, at it as percentage. Mm. You actually have like a uh, number of shares being allotted out. Yep. So um, and that's actually to all startup. I would say that you know you you plan it properly. You you can actually have your your uh, shares issue, the number of shares issued to be like say hundred thousand for a hundred dollar. Mm. You know, and then from there when you do subsequent fundraising, then when you plan from there, you can actually. Uh, like issue the effective like proper numbers of shares yep. for say like uh, uh say ten percent right you can actually be issuing uh, another ten thousand number of shares mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and not instead of just because um there's the the the, the lack of understanding that uh, uh everyone thought is par value which is like one dollar for one share actually Singapore Singapore company don't practice that anymore so the the good thing is if you take note of this then you'll be you won't have to actually uh, go through a process of like doing subdivision of shares mm. to subdivide like hundred shares to hundred thousand, and that's yeah, another process right. altogether to pay, right? Mm. So the thing is, um, so that is one one point to set it right from the start. Mm. Yeah, so that is another point. So the cap table is something that sounds um quite overwhelming, I guess, to most startups, but actually it's not that uh tough. Yeah, there's a few. Uh, there's definitely a few template out there, right, on the market. Mm. But the thing is that. Uh, you also want to take note of a few points in the cap table, like say the pre-money valuation, post-money valuation. That that means something not just valuation of the company. Right. Yeah. So. So, so mm. what stage of the process do you need to put the cap table together? Actually, like beginning from now. So right. there's the plan for. Uh, uh, as mm. Graham said, that there's a plan for half a million. Do, to do I have a cap table? It's, <laughs> it's coming up actually. Oh, okay, right. So <laughs> there's something that I have to sit down with you and right, I say, right, okay, right. what's the plan? What's right. the minimum? But here's the good thing is that you know working with someone like Dennis is like I know somebody's got my back on that because yeah. I'm not gonna get round to that. So somebody's mm. gonna like you know okay we need to sit down and do this all that kind mm. of stuff even like to the basics of you know just setting up the books right. 
Correct. Yeah. Mm. I mean, you're not going to do the payroll or stuff like that, but you'll set it up for me so that I can get it right. Because, you know, I think this is the problem with startups like myself. Yeah. And just startups generally is that we're just so busy building the business that all this other kind of stuff just falls aside. And then it becomes an issue later on. And, you know, I don't want that. I just want to get it clean from day one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so actually on that point, um, that's a good point because uh, there are different types of um, founders actually um, and I've I seen quite a number. So the thing is that the um, there's the founders that would totally just outsource this you know, ev- on, on everything but there's the founders that you know take parts in some of the the, uh, the process mm. which I think is very important that you know you you, uh, you work with an advisor that's flexible on this also yeah so yeah. that is uh yeah that's yeah. where I think you know where to be flexible or advisors mm. and yeah. stuff well it's an this. interesting one actually because then you know you sort of think actually focus on your expertise mm. so you know do what you're good at yes. as they say mm. so you know of course, especially when you've got complexities around things like developing a cap table. Obviously, mm-hmm. you need external support for that. But mm-hmm. I guess then, you know, what you're looking for in a founder is, is someone who is at least interested in different parts yeah. of the process, uh, mm-hmm. but still while focusing on what it is that they're really strong at. Yes. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Come, come, okay, thinking back way when uh, I just spoke to Graham at the start, right? He, I understand the vision um, is the, there's the lack for the voice, right? But mm. other than that, it's actually not just the lack of voice and also the lack on, on the, like the uh, comprehensiveness of, of the ecosystem itself. Yeah. So mm. there wasn't like the right advisor mm. for, I mean, like even on the professional space for that. So, you know, uh, Graham got me like all burned up and like ready to go and do this and share the knowledge and see how actually to bring in more um, advisors to come into that space. I believe that uh, will resonate with uh, Rina. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think uh, coming back to what you have shared, um, as an investor, the first thing I look at is the cap table. Mm. Yeah, so uh, it's very important who uh, who are your shareholders. Yeah, the person on the, the cap table might be my enemy. So mm. <laughs> yeah, joking. right, right. <laughs> but, uh, I think, you know, uh, the right advisors, the right shareholders is very important, especially, uh, of course, angel stage. I, I would love to be the first angel. Yep. But, you know, in, in this space, um, angels do act in a pack. Even VCs, we talk to each other. It's a very small community. Right, right. right. So, uh, obviously... Um, Picking the right shareholders, your first investors, your of as equally important as your team. Yeah. Uh, who gets on the, your board of advisory? Uh, yep. Because that person, you know, um, if he has some track record, he wouldn't be uh, putting his name on your advisory board if he has not done a due diligence. So most of the time when we invest, oh. Oh, was it uh, Graham that this invented? Okay, you know, because he's done, you know, his his uh, mm. his two of three deals are good deals. Yeah. So uh, that shortens the due diligence. So if you ask most of the investors, um, it is we tend to take, uh, we tend to give priorities to referrals. Right, mm. right. Mm. And that was going to be my next question, actually, then. So, you know, Graham, where you're at, so mm. you're, you're actively already speaking to people. Mm-hmm. How do you find them? How do you find um, those potential investors? Well, I mean, Rena made a good point about, you know, considering investors as part of the team. Mm. And so, you know, those conversations are going to start with people around me yep. first. I think you have to because, you know, you, at an early stage, it's a lot of it's 
portion of that is about trust, isn't it? Mm, mm. So, you know, I, you know, when I'm looking for investors, like a team of investors, obviously, is that people I can trust, people I can work with. And I'll be brutally honest, is that saying, I don't really you know, just need their money. You know, what I really need is the, the expertise that mm. comes with it. And that's what I want from an investor, because yeah. it's like they're committed to this business, they're in and they're bringing in that expertise that I don't have necessarily. Yeah. Because there's a lot of money out there now, and I could easily go out and, you know, I could even go to a bank and raise the money to a certain extent, right? right. So, or, you know, liquidate some assets, for example. Mm. But I think, you know, the, I, I look at an investor as somebody who could help build this business, you know, not actively hands-on mm. doing mm. that, but they could make this happen. Yeah. So I need somebody who could be part of the team who, who, who buys into the dream, who sees the vision, who can help, you know, bring people to the table mm. and open doors as well. Yeah. You know, that's, I think, what everybody kind of wants from an investor, whether mm. or not they get that's yeah. a different matter. I think that's kind of the promise, isn't it? But that's the ideal yeah. scenario. That well, I, think. I guess then maybe it comes down to the founder's uh, objectives, what they're hoping to achieve. But what, what do you guys recommend? I think... Um, at early stage, uh, it's important to get, um, like um, Dennis said, you know, good mentors, mm. uh, especially people who understand this space. Yeah, because this is this is a very unique space, right? And there are not many media company out there, right? Mm. Mm. Um, so, I think uh, it's important that Graham gets, uh, you know, a team that believes in in the same vision, gets the advisors or the investors on board. But there's only one, there's one thing that I always um, share with um, the startup founders. Um, if you get investors and, you know, um, if this guy is really helping you in all this, mm. there's certain things uh, that is very, uh, I, I think is, is quite common in, in the industry practice because most startups can't afford advisors or board of directors but you know be realistic there is no such thing as free lunch yep. so you have to also realize that people are giving their time to you uh, you have to think about how you're going to pay them back or at least show your gratitude right because obviously you know now you're raising five, uh, half a million that's not enough even to pay yourself um but if you have an advisor that's walked through the journey with you, mm. one of the things that you could do and think about it or work with your accountant, you know, besides, um, you know, really rewarding your team in stock options and all this, the advisors, um, you could, you could do the same thing as well. Because if they don't work on the company, mm. you know, even if you have 10% of nothing is nothing. Yeah. Right. But people feel, even if they, they are, you know, multi-millionaire and all this. It's always nice to to have the feeling that, oh, okay, you know, Graham actually taught about giving me something. It's mm -hmm. not about the value. It's about, I own this, a little bit of this. And people feel proud that, hey, you know, you don't have to declare that I own 0.01% of the company. <laughs> but, you know, these are some of the, the things that, um, you know, especially in Asia, you know, the older generation, uh, the, the mentors, the, you know, white hat, great, you know, old men, they, they like this kind of things, right? That, oh, you, you taught about me, not mm. just my money, right. but, yeah. you know, mm. to, to, f to have that sense of belonging is important. Making them feel like they're a part of the journey. Yes, yeah. even, yeah. you know, most of them, 
because they're mm. sincerely out to like our mentors in platform E, they're really out, you know, wanting to help. But they can reject, that's fine. But, you know, you have to do your part. And this is probably a little bit Asian, but it it, it just makes people feel good yeah. about it, right? Yeah. If they don't want it, that's fine. Or you can say, I would say, if you don't want it, you can, you know, if it re- materialize, yeah. uh, it becomes, you know, your 1% becomes a million, you know, five years later, you can donate to your charity of choice, right? Mm, because mm. most, some of them like, you know, I don't need that one million. Yeah. Yeah. It feels good. Yeah. So this is something that I always tell the startups, yeah. um, you know, it, but it's definitely up to the team. But, uh, mm. you know, you're building something. Yeah. You need people, you need a team. Yeah. So, you know, don't think that you're going to hold on to everything, <laughs> you know, in eat the whole pie. The pie, if you get the right team, is going to be big enough. Yeah. 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 Actually, carrying the point from Rina, right? I think this is a very important point actually for Graham that when you go out in Asia, right, it's, it's really ingrained in us, I believe, because I, I mean, I have personal experience with that. Like, I have a, I have a mentor, actually, a VC, VC owner. Um, like, I'm still 20 plus, right? So, so the mentor, although he didn't invest in my company, or like, I, I didn't need investment, right? So, they're just talking from there. And then he say, like, you know, I, 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 I want to be around, you know, just mentor you and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. And it goes a very long way. It just, like, sometimes I bring something from overseas and say, hey, you know, I got you something. Um, maybe you should, like, say, watch World Cup and then just have, have a cup of, uh, beer, you know, a glass of beer and saw me and stuff, right? And then, you know, like, from there, it builds that relationship, right? And he's always constantly looking out for me. You know, it's the same when you do the same thing for, for like, the person, right? Yep. So I was always keeping a lookout for, like, startups that I can, like, uh, introduce him. Like, there's a certain area he likes and things like that. So it's, like, that sort of, um, uh, I say it's a culture. And it's, it's a, actually it's a wonderful thing, actually, because um, this little action brings a long way. Even so, even for your investors, it's the mm. same thing. Um, like, like, talking to each of investors is actually very important in, in, um, in the, um, the startup right, itself. Um, and I think there's a lot of like a lack on that um, in the culture. I mean, like also in, in the practices I see also. So do you think even in this, this phase that Graham's in now where he's looking for investors, that there should be a bit of almost investor dating going on? Oh, he's always dating actually. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's constant dating actually. Yeah. Flirting. <laughs> oh, yeah, now he's flirting. <laughs> Eventually dating, and, you know. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm wondering, because it sounds like, you know, what you're both talking about is the importance of relationships, yeah. and, you know, yeah. particularly from your perspective, what you're looking for is someone who's really bought into it. Yes, so, especially at this early stage where you have no revenue, you mm. have a dream, mm. but, you know, everyone has a dream, right? Um, so I think some of the things that probably, you know, the accelerator or the incubator don't teach you are some of the soft skills that you need to learn. Yeah, you right. Know, manners, yeah. respect. You know, I've I've got like everyone, you know, sending me stuff on LinkedIn. And first they call me Mr. Neo. Second, they say, <laughs> can you invest in me? I mean, those are basic stuff, Just right? straight off the bat. They're yes. just coming right. in and, with them. And <laughs> I'm, I'm so sad that, you know, uh, they send this kind of message. Mm. This, okay, you can't feel, you know, a tiny bit of sincerity. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. worst is the moment the guy connect, you know, asks for you to connect and you click yes, in two seconds, Pitch there's deck. a yeah. long email, yeah. all right, that came in. So, 
you know, I'm not stupid. None of us are. So how would you? So it's obviously a mass email. Yes. Mm. Now, um, I think that's a wrong start because you know it's it's just like going to Orchard Road and shout invest in me, <laughs> yeah. and and yeah. you know I'm you know I'll be surprised if nobody calls the yeah. mental health hospital. <laughs> but you know tiny things like this. Yeah. But then that um, brings me back to the question: Then how do you find these people? So mm. you know if relationships are key, and there's an element of dating required how do you find them how are you finding them so i mean i'm fortunate in the sense that my you know my business is is a great way of mm. contacting yep. people it's, it's an amazing business development tool as well you know if you have a podcast you connect with people there's something special isn't there i mean you do a podcast interview with somebody you share something like you know us four sitting around this table now we'll go away and we've created something together mm. which will last forever, yeah. right? So, I mean, as a business development tool, it's great. You know, you could have a coffee with somebody, but it, there's nothing there apart from a conversation. This conversation's captured, we've created something. So, you know, to answer your question about how, it, I think my best way, and, you know, we all sell some way. You know, we all live by selling. And, you know, some people are great at picking up the phone and, you know, I've tried that didn't work you know I was you know I've done that in my former life and some people are really good at networking like going to networking you know hi like you know elevator pitch and you know I'd rather fall into a hole in the ground than go to those kind of events <laughs> I and just want to point out Rena's face when you just mentioned <laughs> right, that right, like, so what this, this is no good <laughs> stay away from this <laughs> we're, we're not, not of that type I'm not a good networker I'm I like probably it. staying in, in the corner all that sort of so what do you do and all that kind of I just find it nonsense I mean not that it doesn't work but it doesn't work for me or a certain type of person and maybe Rena as well so and you know then what what is, you know some people are really good at writing like mm. blog posts and stuff like, and just find that my format is what I do I double down on that and like, you do podcast and I think you know the best way of me building that team that we're talking about is just getting my story out there. Yeah. And I've yeah. really one thing I've really found and I've learned this and even in my later stages of life I'm learning it's like you know I've discovered that one of the best things that I've done um not to blow my own trumpet but it's like you know one of the things I've I've discovered if you like is that if you tell people what you do it's fine like people get it and they're like, oh, okay, so you're, you're, you, you, know, you build apps. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. But if you tell people what your big goal is off the bat, you know, it achieves a completely different result. Mm. You know, and that, that result is that either they sort of look at you and walk away, you know, like, okay, you know, I'm not interested. Yeah. Or they start asking you questions like, oh, my God, like, so tell me about what the MTV of the startup ecosystem is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought, you know, like, screw it, like, I'm not going to beat around and tell people that I am a podcast. I'm just going to tell people that this is what I want to do. And if they don't get it, then I'm not wasting anybody's time. Right, yeah. So longer answer to your question about, you know, how do you attract those people? Is you just go out there and tell people what your goal is. Mm. And you either attract people or scare them away. Yeah. And I think that's the desired effect. <laughs> I must so, have, we, we must have done something right to attract you. Right. Here. <laughs> well, you, it's, it's funny you say that, Rena. You know, when, when I first came to Platform E and we sat, I mean, you know, we, we had a coffee here and it was really early days and you told me about what your vision was for here. It's like, well, I was sold on that. Like, I could have just thought of thought, mm, co-working space. <laughs> no, we're not. Well, exactly. <laughs> but I got, I got what you were trying to do. And, you know, I think that sold me on it and I thought well you know that's how you do it you tell people what not what it is or what what you're doing but where you're getting to yeah 
And that attracts yeah. a certain type of person. I don't think everybody gets that, though. Do yes. Some people want to see, like, okay, look, I want to know exactly what you do. I want to put you in a box. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Okay, well, then, so on, on this then, where are you at in the process? In, in raising? Yep. Um, actively raising. And, so and I don't think so that ever can, is going to stop, is it, as a founder? Can you oh. talk a little bit about any uh, successes so far or challenges that you're finding along the way? Well, the successes is they haven't told me to piss off. Right. Yet, so <laughs> I take that as a success. We're having a conversation. It's ongoing, yeah. <laughs> How long have you been actively... Uh, actively raising? Yeah. Oh, a month maybe right, okay. so five so weeks yeah four early, weeks yeah it's early, early stages days. yeah I mean yeah. It, it got to a stage where I thought right okay now is the time now that we've got the base here in Singapore yep. now is the time to you know take this to the next level yeah yeah okay and so alright so you're a month in it's still quite early yeah are there any guidelines on how long this process normally takes well it really depends I've seen people you know, spending all the time raising money, mm. years, just because they're so fixated about the valuation. I mean, mm. you know, if mm. you're not selling, the valuation is not important. But if you're so fixated, I really need to raise five million. So I'll ask them today, if I give you a check for five million, what mm. are you going to do? Do you have hands like octopus <coughs> and every one of you that you can deploy the money, <laughs> five million? But usually, if I said, you know, we invest in a million or five million, it will be in trenches. Nobody yeah. gives you money <laughs> without any milestones. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes, you know, um, as, especially in early stage, you know, don't be so fixated about the number. If you get, you know, to, to try to raise um, fa- half a million, a million from one person, yeah. it's going to be difficult. Yeah. But, you know, if you get a few, and of course, you need to, you need to do your research, your target. Right. Mm. Uh, as much as investors get to pick and choose who they want to spend that one dollar in their pocket, um, you know the startups have have choices as well. Yeah. So it's important to do your research, and even if that investor, you know, but you really want that person to be on your board, and yeah. he said, no, I'm not going to give, I'm not going to invest half a million, but fifty thousand, hundred thousand. Yeah. Just yeah. take it. Yeah. Because yeah. you know, you take it. You use that money to build your business. Yep. Valuation increases mm. rather than mm, you know mm. just a piece of paper going around. You know, I want five million. I want five yeah. million. But you yeah. know, yeah. any amount of money that comes into the business will hopefully you know bring ten times yep. you know what you have you you need to achieve. But if zero, I've seen people going raising like for two years. It's yeah. still nothing. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. so actually uh, adding on to Rina's point, right? Actually, that's very true about like money coming in is actually a validation of the company's um, visions um, or of the value or, or the value itself, actually. So it's like you can actually tell people, you know, oh, I have someone on mm. board already, you know, invested in this. And and yeah, um, you, you can even support with the 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 what the investor you know the the one that came in and uh, that what the he says yeah. yeah so th- that's only one point but actually there is another thing that to think of is that like um I mean you are you are running a private company and there's a limit on the number of shareholders so that is also a long battle that you have to plan properly in that sense right mm-hmm. so it's like there's fifty the number is fifty magic number right and then you have five hundred thousand uh that you want to you want to raise five hundred thousand so that has to be like a minimum uh Pot. ticket right. you know mm-hmm. ticket price for the ticket right so um 
And I think Rina got it like around that 50,000 to 100,000 for angel in, uh, raising because that's also depending on the investor themselves. So, um, and also taking another consideration that how are they going to come in? Uh, are they also going to be um, maybe an advisor? You know, mm. depending mm. Uh, because that is like the rewarding the extra, um, uh, uh, extra actually um, reward to actually like let them be part of the um, advisors. Then you know, you, you, it's a strategy actually. Yeah. So uh, investment is is like getting their skin in the game, mm. but actually the advisor portion is to make them. Uh, drive them further, drive your relationship further, and also sort of like a commitment to you. Because um, in the advisor agreement, there, there could be like uh, things that you can set up with them, like right. say, can you do a monthly meeting with mm. me, a call, mm. and then uh, maybe talk about this specific area mm. Yeah, on, a, on how you can actually improve, like say, the business operation and things like that. Yes. Interesting. So yeah. that are things that I think is very important to plan, which I can, I, I'll be playing with you mm. uh, on like, uh, not only on just like how you're going to raise it, but um, how you're going to break down the fundraising mm. yeah, okay. with the so different people. Typically, uh, if, if the guy comes in as an advisor or, you know, this person, friends, family that you want to bring in, um, if you're raising at X valuation and this person, you really want him to come in or her mm. to come in, you can give a discount. Mm. Yeah. Because he, yep. once he's come in, you've got an extension you know, another person going out to raise money with you mm. or for you. Because, yeah, you know, any yeah. money that he or she brings in just increases his own valuation. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so at this mm. stage, don't worry about it. Yeah, because, right. you know. Yeah. Be flexible. Yeah. 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 Yes. I hear you. I hear you. I think, you know, what you're saying and what I'm taking on board is don't get stuck on that amount, that valuation, because, you know, it may not happen, but at the end of the day, you know, the, mo the most important thing is momentum here, isn't mm. it? Because you bring people on. and The two things yeah. very important. The first dollar uh, that someone gives you as an investor, the first PO your customer gives you, mm. that, that validates a lot of things. Mm. If anything else, yep. it's just a deck. Yeah. It's just yeah. a dream. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that is the most two most important things. Yeah. And the other thing that you want to look at is angel investors. So typically, the profile is they're, they're probably very successful. They've owned some businesses. Now, is your business or your product, you know, synergistic to their business, mm. right? Because mm. if I'm an investor and, you know, assuming you're, you're doing a payment gateway and my business could use your payment gateway, then you are like, okay, I have an investor, I also have a customer. Mm. Even yep. if he doesn't pay, there's a pilot, there's a validation. Mm. Right? So think about, you know, who needs to be, uh, to, who needs this product or mm. needs this service, mm. right? Yep. So mm. yep. I think um, the more research you do about your potential investors, it's mm. like dating, right? You have a certain profile that you want to yeah. target. And actually, I, I had a friend who... Uh, was a startup founder and, and went through this whole investment raising process and she said that it was full-time commitment for six months. So actually she ended up losing a little bit of track on what was happening mm. with the business because she was so invested with her time in, in doing the raising. So, yeah. yeah. Any advice around that? I think, you know, uh, if, if you're raising serious money, mm. 
uh, and and you only raise serious money when you, you have some traction and you have a team. Yep. So having a number two to run the business is important. Yeah. So you guys in among the team members, right? You got to divide who's doing what, mm. right? So what I would advise uh, Graham right now mm. is um, now what I can see. I mean, I, I'm I'm very straight talker. It's just you. Mm. Right? What if Graham's decides that, oh, tomorrow I strike lottery and I'm going to Hawaii. That's it. What mm. happens? Mm. You know, is it is it a business that you built that uh, you're irreplaceable? There's no, but I think what you're trying to do right now is getting other people to host, you know, uh, and, and creating this podcast like a hub and spoke kind of, mm. uh, you know, business model is good. Yeah, but it's also the key man insurance. Like, for example, mm. you know, I've had, Instances where we invested in a scientist and the algorithm is here. Um, you know, is an actual case. We listed a company and one day he, he just felt that um, he uh, wanted to be the chairman of the company. And he said, uh, you know, Mr. Chairman, if you don't resign, I'm going to switch off. Really? Yeah. Right. So, so how right. do you do that, yeah. right? How, yeah. do you, how do you manage all this risk? Because investing in that person is a good thing. But yeah. that person, yeah. you know, is two sides to a coin no matter how you slice it. So yeah. as an yeah. investor, um, how, how do I manage those risks? Mm. 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 Really good so point. you, you yeah, got to yeah. think yeah. about it. Mm. Yeah. Right? yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Graham, any challenges specifically that you're facing at the moment that you'd like to uh, sort of discuss getting um, some advice or guidance on? Yeah, I think, you know, I'm quite clear about where the revenue is going to come from, whether mm. or not it comes from there is a different matter because you put it out in the wild, things can change, right? But I'm quite clear about what the revenue paths are. I mean, there's five distinct revenue channels which we're building for, which is fine. And there's there's established um, precedent in all of them. We're not like, you know, building something that doesn't exist. Mm. So that's fine. It, now that's just a case of resources, um, the challenge really is is team building because I mean Rena's identified it that mm. I'm, I'm really aware of what the risk is in the business and it's me you know and that mm. is like it's built around one person because it really I mean officially is one person right so now building that business I mean there's there's operations and process and automation and all that kind of happening and building the platform but there's still at the end of the day this like you know there's decisions being made by one guy right yeah. so how do you deal with that that's the challenge so building a team um you know i'm not really in a position where i can go and invest a lot of time going out and finding a co-founder mm. right mm. um which is different i mean if i came in as a with two co-founders it's different right because that would have been set up but I'm happy with that because I think as a mature entrepreneur, I don't really need a co-founder, right? You know, I, I'm kind of quite clear about what the business needs to be and how, you know, to run a business. I don't need that kind of emotional support a co-founder could bring, yeah. right? Yeah. But, you know, I'm aware that, you know, like a number two we need, right? And, you know, there will be people who need to run big parts of the business in the mm. future. So that all that stuff. Yeah is the challenge, the real challenge. That's what I'm focused on now is get the people because the, all the tools and the resources are there. Mm. Now I need the people. Yep. And fortunately, we're in a business where people are only sort of one, one degree of separation away, mm. you know, in the sense that it's not difficult to go out and say, hey, this is what we do. So people are coming to us, mm. right? So that's okay. But like any challenge, you know, recruiting people, 
requires resources and time and there's no definites because you get people in, they go out the other door. You know, you never know. Yeah. So that is my number one challenge. Yeah. People, getting the right team. I, I don't think that's unique to my business, but... No, no. You know, unfortunately, yeah. like I said, you know, I don't need like an AI graduate yeah. who costs like 150 grand a year. Yeah. So and then I, I guess like, back to Rena's point then about that staged approach to funding then is that going to be one of the, the solutions to, to this challenge? Could be, mm. yeah. I mean, there's no, you know, I don't have a, a black and white view of what the solution is. And, yep. that, you know, and you, you don't go to an investor saying, look, this is what I want and this is what you're going to give me. Yep. You know, you sit with the investor and say, look, how can we make this happen together? Mm. And if an investor says, look, it's going to happen, look, I suggest you do it like this, then I'm open to, to talking about that. Yeah. And if that is the better solution, then that's what I yep. think is the number one option. Yep. You know, so yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. yeah, possible. Okay, because I think at this point, um, you know, it's, it's important that uh, you know all startup founders or you know they 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 probably need to realize that you know whatever you're thinking today, you know tomorrow. The week after, you may need to pivot because the world is changing so fast. Yeah, and you are—if you're so fixated with your own little thing, and then you'll just be working alone on that little, you know, dream of yours. Yeah. Mm. So, yep. um, you know, that is not to say that you completely change everything, but you know, it's about survival. Yeah. It's about you know, at this stage, you know, uh, how are you running a marathon? Yeah. Or are no. you? You know, uh, you know, have a big dream, but you just want to run a hundred meters, and if it doesn't work, then just you know, wind it up and start something new again. Mm. I mean, there's a, also a trend like this. Yeah. Right? Mm. yeah. But you know, for most investors, we we want to bet on the marathon runners. I am, Iron Man, I am, right? I, am, I was going yeah, so. there. I was going I, there. marathon's just yes. the last part, really. Yes. So. And, and and that that is all all not just physical. It's really in in your mind. Yeah. I yeah. know. You know. And this comes back to the point at the beginning as well that you were talking about that you know really investors are looking at the founder themselves. That's yeah. what they're investing in rather yeah. than the the business so much. It's the founder. Yeah. Can you can you you know if we together built Ferrari car. Can you really drive that car? Maybe one lap, but to sit, you know, um, and, and, and be a, a Ferrari one driver, like yeah. 40 laps. Yeah. Mm. Can you really do it? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Graham, I mean, it sounds like you're already really progressed with this process, actually. You're well in, mm. into it. So you've got the pitch deck already out in market. You're already actively pursuing um, funding. Is there anything that you need additional guidance on that you want to talk about today? Guidance on everything. I mean, I need <laughs> help with everything. I don't think I know all the answers, but I think you know, um, I, I'm, you know, uh, it's been everybody's kind of talked about it about building the team. I need people to watch my back in a way because I think the, the danger is in being a sole entrepreneur, especially one who's quite sort of focused on a goal, is you can end up either going off in the wrong direction you know, being the king of your own castle when you, mm. you know, you need somebody just to slap you and say, hey, look, you know, just come back a little bit this way. You're yep. kind of going off. Yeah, or, you know, I've got a cane in my room. <laughs> there you go. I need, you kind of have to have those kind of people who are going to pull you back. And yeah. I need that. That's what I need guidance with. And there are people who just sort of say, you know, um, you know, just, just perspective. 
Because, yeah, you know, yeah. you, you can just... Uh, I mean, the business I had before, I had a telecoms business, it, it was really successful. We made a lot of money, right, like a lot right. of cash. Yep. And when you get in a business like that, you just think you know everything. Right. And I was quite young <laughs> at the time. And I, the business just undone itself because, you know, we made so much money that we stopped worrying about things like competitors right, and right. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. we just, we, we, you know, whatever we do, we're going to make money. And we were, it was that kind of thing at one stage. And I think, you know, I really, really wish at sort of like year nine or eight in the business, like I had somebody who just sort of said, Graham, look, you just stop doing that. Right. Because like, you know, <laughs> there's somebody going to come into your business and things are going to change. Like Rena says, the world changes. Yeah. And then suddenly you realise, oh, crap. We missed that. Yeah. Now what happened? Yeah. Suddenly, you know, we're not making <laughs> all this money anymore. Why? why? Why don't people love us? So I really, really, that was my big mistake. I really wish that had happened. And I was desperately seeking it at the time. But there wasn't the sort of, you know, if you go back to like early 2000s, there wasn't those kind of advisors out there. Yeah. It was a yeah. very different world. Yeah. So, yeah, to answer your point about like guidance, you know, I, yeah, I needed guidance. I need, I, I'm specifically, you know, if somebody's like built a media company in any form, mm. I would be really interested to have a chat. You know, if they don't have to come and build another media company, but they can be part of that story. Yeah. If they know what's yeah. broken in media, I'd love to talk to them because I think those people bring a lot to the table. Because, yeah. you know, media is not old media. It's not, not going away anywhere. Mm. It's, mm. it's still powerful. It's still a very big industry. Yeah. You know, what can they bring? It's still, you know, the, the thought processes are all there. Mm. I'd really like to talk to those people, yeah. you know, if they think, you know, as well as the people who know new media, like people who have graduated from Facebook, you know, mm. who know all that ad sales and so on, who can see something like this and think, wow, there's an opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Any final tips or advice from you guys? Well, um, you know, Graham talked about, you know, needing someone to watch uh, his back. I think uh, that's what I think uh, one of the the vision and, and things we do at Platform E. So everyone that comes into the community, we encourage them to look after each other uh, because of the network we have, not just in Singapore, but in the region, uh, myself, my team, uh, the council members. Um, so one of the example that, you know, when, when we uh, spoke to Graham, so me and my team will make sure that, you know, even if someone comes in and, and have a table, um, you know, we we're interested in the person, what he does or what she does. Mm. And I force them to actually present to me what they're doing so that we can, uh, you know, um, bring some value add uh, to, to him or her. So, for instance, you know, um, one of the conversations we had with Graham was, he was like, oh, I need to talk to people with media experience. So we, we happen to know one person who is in traditional media, uh, retired, but very, very, um, you know, prominent person. And uh, because of the relationship, we, we managed to get him, uh, you know, to have lunch, to be He did on. a podcast. He did a podcast. <laughs> I mean, you know, for that person, you probably need to, like, pay a lot for him to write something or to be on a podcast because yeah. um, people in the media, like I said, is, is a bit sensitive, yeah. right? So, yeah. um, but I think uh, we do that because we feel that that, that person will give a uh, you know, very good perspective yeah. to Graham, you know, um, probably mentoring him in, mm. in, in this space because, like I said, you know, the traditional media is there to stay as well. But how do we use technology to, to bring life to the traditional media, mm. right? So mm. I'm glad they met and I think they had a good session. Yeah, we did. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Okay, great. And Dennis? 
Yes. So um, basically, I think the the one challenge and the biggest challenge is um, that you're the like the sole founder, mm. and that's the as Rina mentioned about the so called that 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 need to have a sort of a, a insurance for this key man, right? So I think um, I mean. It definitely is not the immediate um solution towards this problem, but like I think it, I don't think it's a problem. Also, it depends on perspective again, right? So the but the thing is when you talk about perspective, there there's um gonna be uh different people giving you a different uh, perspective for that. So then uh definitely good to have like the base paperwork. We shall be working with you, Graham, mm. to work out like things like say like shareholders agreement. Things like the and that shareholder shareholders agreement don't just talk about like what shareholders can do, but talk about like vesting of your own shares actually, so that you don't just suddenly disappear, right? You know, mm-hmm. think that is that is actually covered in that agreement. So that actually also would give that confidence to the to the investors. Uh, that that's something to work out with you, and also like the cap table and things like that. So that mm-hmm. all this shows that you know you have a plan. And also to to make sure that things are all in place, you know. So yeah, that's the the advice, especially advice. for for yours. Yeah. Great, great. Well, very so, very exciting. Sorry, I'm not going to let you get away. Oh, yeah. I'm going to ask you. So I mean, I I, I, I have a lot of respect for you because like you don't take any BS from me. I I feel which is great. So <laughs> in the conversations that we had, yeah, like which is good because you know that's kind of what I I admire. What do you think? You know, you, you've been quite direct in your Australian way with me and my business plan. What in what you should be doing? Yeah, like sometimes you just say, "Hey, look, this is not working," or something like that. We just had a chat and just. What, what do you think? Well, look, I, I mean, I, I must admit, I actually didn't know that you were actively already pursuing mm. investment and that you already had a pitch deck and then you were out in market with that. Uh, I think um, you know. I don't know. I'm just. I'm really excited about uh, mm. with what you're doing, and obviously, you know, really happy to be a host on the on the network as well. Uh, look, I, I think there's a huge opportunity. There's a massive gap in this in this space. Mm. You know, I, so I think, um, yeah, I think it's all good. It's yeah. all looking very positive. All right, yeah. fine. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah. I'll take that on board. So. <laughs> I think you know, it's like. I mean, I, I the way the way that I'm looking at this is that I, one of the books I read early on in my development was Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Poor Dad. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, a lot I read of people that. read it, and read I've read that. it so many different. I actually, times. read the one with Donald Trump. Oh yeah, that's oh, right. The, the, the Rich Dad Advisor. Co-author. Yeah. No, yeah. Not, not so great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all, but you know, the, what really stood out for me about that was that, you know, what he said was that you've got to build a team. Like, I mean, if you're in property investment, real estate mm. investment, which is like my side business, yep. you know, it's, uh, you always think about it as something you go in alone and do it yourself. Mm. But, you know, the really successful ones, they have teams. Yeah. And they're not necessarily all teams on the payroll. They, you know, they would know, a good investor would know an accountant, a good investor would know like somebody who could go in and appraise a building, a good investor would know somebody like a land developer. Yep. And they'd just call them up and say, hey, look, you know, this is the project, this is my vision, mm. come and have a look. And, you know, yep. they would trust that person that would come and have a look at this this project, right, and give them their advice and so on. Mm. And that's how those investors get ahead because they have this sort of team that works together with these common goals mm. rather than joined mm. by the fact that they're all on a contract yep. together or one person pays another person. Yep. Yeah. And, that you know, I think that's how I want to approach a business is that you've got to build a really good team. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I can just talk about my experience for a minute. Uh, I, I did a family and friends 
funding round last year, just a small one. Mm. And actually it's more of a, a loan agreement rather than an investment where I give up share of the business at this stage. But it may turn into that depending mm. on next steps. We've left it a little bit open. And, you know, they are all close family and friends. Uh, one person that I've worked with previously as well. So, uh, you know, it's it's quite interesting because, you know, the, the friends, I know they've invested in me. Mm. So, they, and, you know, I think they don't uh, have a deep understanding of the space that I work in. And so it's very much, it's it's about, there's, there's a belief in, in me as mm. a founder, uh, which is, you know, kind of rewarding as well. And it's, you know, back to Dennis, your point before, there's an affirmation that, oh, okay, so there's someone sees value in this and what I'm doing. So great. That's, that's really good. Uh, but one of the investors is someone who works in the industry and that's been fantastic for mm. me because he's brilliant. And just being able to discuss the ideas and the direction and the key trends in the in the market and where because you know everything's moving so so quickly in advertising and media at the moment, you know just having someone else on top of that is hugely helpful mm. because you know I am a uh, an individual founder. You know I've got a team working for me, but it um, it is you know it can be a little bit lonely I yeah, guess sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I do make all of the senior decisions and uh, and so having that network of people around really does make a difference, particularly, you know, those couple of people who are from the industry. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm getting there. I've yeah. got a good, really good network of people around me, I think. Yeah. It's just like bringing them together for the common goal now. Yeah. But, you know, I think the other thing is too is that you've, you've got to like them. Yeah. You know, you... I think you're definitely looking for people who can add value or they're happy to be quiet mm. investors and they're just bought into what you're doing. But, you know, they, they need to be people who you want to spend some time with yeah, as yeah, well yeah. and and uh, and know, uh, you know, they're going to give you some room to move to. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Which yeah. I think the same as, you know, that's you look for that in building any team, don't yeah. you? Yeah, well, that's, that, that's when you look at it like a relationship, right, in business. Like you're not just taking somebody's money. It's not a transaction. Yeah. It's a relationship. Yeah. You know, and you, you end up, you know, being part of that person's life and likewise they're part of your life, right? Yeah. That's how I see it. Yeah. You know, it's not... I know some people can look at it in very transactional terms with investment, which is fine, but for me it, it's a relationship... Mm. You know, yep. when I take somebody's money, I'm not taking their money. They're, they're giving me a part of their life, and they're, they're you know, they're, they're trusting me to to take this money and do something with it, right? Yeah. yeah. So you know, that all comes with all those kind of like attachment as well. So that, I mean, that's Absolutely. how some people can just go in it completely cold. It's just money. It's yeah. like going to the bank, right? Yeah. I can't see it like that. Yeah. That may be in my undoing long yeah. term, but I think there's a certain type of investor that may want that kind of founder as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I don't know. I think everyone, even no matter how big an investor they are, there's always something that's a little bit personal. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, best of luck, Graham. Thank you. Thank you, Jodie. Thank very, you, Dennis. Thank you, Rena. For you. Yes. Thank, thank you to, to our sound man as well, Barat. Thank you. Yeah, Sitting over there in the corner. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so... Today is the first of, yeah. uh, of what will be future podcasts where we uh, talk to startup founders and maybe some others who are not as progressed in the process as mm. you are and we'll be looking to talk to them about their journey and giving them some advice on the next steps that they, they can take. So looking forward to future sessions. Awesome.
Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show.